1: I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday, and I'm here with Alyssa Farah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. All right, Alyssa, we had a big show today, a really great show, I think. It was a little wacky in times, but it was pretty good. We had uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre with us today. And uh, what were your takeaways from the interview?
0: So It was so nice to have her in person uh, because we've had her on quite a few times remote because obviously she's super busy. Um, So, listen, um, I think the Biden administration, I've praised the Biden administration on their steadfast support for Israel will also um, saying that, you know, the Israeli government needs to be thoughtful about um, their their strikes and intentional and minimize civilian casualties. And I think she's a really strong spokesperson for Biden, because I like I've known Kareem Jean-Pierre in political world for some time, and she's actually more progressive probably than the president. And she's got a lot of credibility with young progressives. So I think it's her- important for people to hear her perspective as somebody who's on the inside, has a ton of information and is willing um to speak out so forcefully, so overall good, I did I asked her about Congresswoman Jaya Paul's comments this weekend uh, regarding rape and sexual assault of Israeli women on October seventh that a lot of us felt like was sort of glossing over the issue. um she was very the press secretary is very, very strong in condemning the sexual violence. I wish she would have spoken specifically to con- Congresswoman Jayapal's remarks, but listen, she's good at her job and she's very disciplined. In
1: her role, she's always going to be careful in mm-hmm. those moments and because, as she said, she's speaking for the White House, which is tough. I Wait, mean,
0: I, by the way, she would, because a lot of times White House uh, staff end up switching to the campaign when the campaign gears up. I think she would be so effective for Biden world on the outside working on the campaign. So curious to see if down the road she makes that transition.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does seem like there's only so long that press secretaries want to be in that role. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough job. I mean, you talk about how hard it is to be the uh, a View co-host. I think that's one of the few that you look at and you're like, oh, that's a rough, that's a rougher gig.
0: I think Seth Myers made that joke when I got named. They're like, imagine going from being Trump's comms director to a View co-host. Like, which is worse? <laughs> well, <laughs> this, this is much a better. Years in, I was ask. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I'm glad to hear it.
1: Um, you know, you mentioned that she hadn't been here in person in a while. She's one of the few people that I'm willing to occasionally do a remote interview with. Oh, because, totally. Yeah. Um, I, I do think what she brings to the show is really important. And to speak for the White House, um, I try to limit since the pandemic in particular. I try to limit how many remote interviews I'll say yes to. Um, so right now it's her and, and Chris Evans, Captain America, are pretty much the, the <laughs> right. lines where I'm drawing. <laughs> at this point. But it was great to have her in person. Speaking of the White House, you, Sarah and Anna all went to the White House holiday party last week. I was not invited, so tell me how it was.
0: <laughs> so it was so much fun. Um, Sarah, Max, and Justin and I, so Sarah's husband, Max, my husband, Justin, we all went together, um, and we walked over from her, our hotel, and I was kind of like, on the inside, I was nervous because I hadn't been back to the White House since since I worked there, but I was trying to be, like, cool and, like, I know how to get around. I took them to completely the wrong entrance, <laughs> made us walk in the rain, um, but we had such a blast. Uh, the Bynes were super gracious hosts. The decorations were Honestly, like my favorite I've ever seen. It was sort of like felt like Candyland or something. I saw some pictures, um, yeah. Yeah, and I actually I hadn't decided beforehand if I was going to do like you can do the photo line with the president and the first lady um because I just sometimes you can end up waiting in line for a long time, but they did it super well so it was streamlined and my husband and I jumped in and uh It was so funny. Biden was very kind to me. And uh, but the first lady is so charming. So Justin gets super awkward and is like, not sure if he should put his hand on her. Mm -hmm. So he's just awkwardly standing with his arm behind her. And she goes, first, you can call me Jill. And also you can put your hand on me. He's like, OK, Dr. (laughs) Biden,
1: (laughs) you know, the floating hand, I tell you as a guy. So I take a lot of pictures with celebrities and actresses and models and things like that. And for years i mean 've been working in television for a long time, I have mastered the floating off the side of the waist <laughs> by about six inches hand Correct. because it just feels creepy. I just never want to give somebody the impression that I'm,
0: completely. Yeah, i 'm uh,
1: completely i don 't want to be awkward so. and,
0: no I mean we were so and Max, I guess felt the same way, so we're, we were both very pleased to see our photos came out well. but um it was really fun. We got to see a lot of you know friends of the show. We hung out with John Carl for quite a bit, um, hung out with my old friend Ari Melber from msNBC and um, but what I kept thinking about, because I'd only attended the party before as a government staffer, either as Pence's press secretary, as White House comms director, or even when I was at DOD, it was the first time I got to just actually enjoy the party, because you forget that you're in the East Wing, but just yards away is the West Wing, and everyone's still on the clock there. At 7 p.m. to, you know, as late as 9 p.m., people are still working at the National Security Council. I guarantee Corinne Jean-Pierre went back to her desk afterwards. had more work to do. So it was just like, it was funny being on the other side of it, but also reminded me of like, regardless of your politics, those jobs are so crazy. And in this environment too, um, just kudos to the people who are willing to do them.
1: Um, Speaking of photos and things like that, and and the holidays in general, you posted on Instagram yesterday, a fun photo with two of our holiday elves from the studio. um, Something we've been doing every day for the giveaways, but you made a point to say that social media is a highlight reel especially during the holidays, basically pointing out the whole Instagram versus reality thing. Why was it important for you to say that?
0: (laughs) Well, so God's honest truth. I was having I got this really cute photo with Nikki Kane, our social media coordinator. And I liked how I looked in it. I liked how everyone looked and I wanted to post it. But I was I did crappy day yesterday. Just hands down did some days in any job are going to be tougher at work. Um, I think the news environment starts to get to people. It's just I was just honestly feeling down, and as I as I was thinking about posting it, I was like, maybe I should mention that because our lives, especially as hosts of this show, I sometimes look at my page and I'm like, is this like is this actually a reflection of me? Because people might look and be like, oh my gosh, she was with Julia Roberts today, and she was like with this person, the other. It's so cool, but that doesn't mean that we're not all going through, you know, could be going through things, or that the holidays also can be a tough time for people. Absolutely, I love them; they're full of joy, but it's also. Um, if you have estrangements, if you've had losses, it's a good time just to remember that Instagram's not real life. Everyone's life looks more perfect than yours. We've all got struggles and we could be easier on each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the set is joyful and full of warmth and holidays, all, all the holidays are represented out there, but then we're talking about the real world and we're mm-hmm. talking about really hard divisive yeah. things and, um, it's a it's a good thing to remember. I think mm-hmm. you're right that it's not easy for everybody. It's not easy for anyone, really. Yeah. But um, it does look glamorous in a photo, so it, it's good. <laughs> um, I got my photo with Julia Roberts too. That was lovely. <laughs> uh, speaking of Julia, we talked about love and relationships. She was on the show yesterday, and that was a really cool thing. Um, she said the secrets to a happy marriage are lots of kissing. <laughs> Someone told me that one of Justin's love languages, this is a thing that we were talking about Mm -hmm. with Sunny yesterday because Sarah's always pushing love languages on it. I think it's a little hokey. What do you think? You like this stuff?
0: Oh, I totally believe in that. Of course you do.
1: Justin's love language is gift-giving, but I hear you're not so confident in your gift-giving skills. (laughs) Talk about this.
0: This is true. My husband and I both share the love language of communication, but where we diverge is the love language of gift-giving. One of the many ways he shows loves is great gifts, and most of the time that we were dating – He made a lot more money than me and had the means to get me nice things. And Mm -hmm. I remember, like, we little government staffer, you know, uh, barely making ends meet, being like, how am I going to get him a gift that shows how much I care about him when I'm on a, like, shoestring budget? And I'm not even really good at the thoughtful things either. Like, you and I talk (laughs) about this because your wife's good at thoughtful ones. She is. I'm working on that. But— he pretty much hands down has always knocked my gifts out of the park. And then I come back and it's like cologne every year. So actually send in reader tips. What could I get that's thoughtful for my husband that says I love you? <laughs>
1: when I was dating my wife at our first anniversary, she gave me a little tiny like book, like a little journal. And it was uh, all the things I've loved about our first year together. Aww. And it was the sweetest thing in the world. I still have it. And then the next year she said all the things I loved about our second year together. And she did this year three, year four. You're five. And then it stopped. <laughs> and I said, honey, are you not going to do that anymore? She's like, oh, I'm well, going to do this forever. I'm going to do this for 30. I'm like, yeah, unless you stop loving things. But it's over. It's done.
0: Well, and actually, my husband loved that. He's very sentimental. I'm and sentimental, I, too. I liked what Julia Roberts said. I agree with that because I think when you're busy in the course of the day, you can forget like those little romantic moments that of affection that are so important. So I I try to be deliberate about always like kiss goodbye when you leave, kiss goodnight, say I love you.
1: Yeah, I tried that last night, my wife. I said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I was
0: like, well, Julia Roberts told me to. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. No, but it's, uh, yeah, no, the gift-giving thing. My, my wife's a really good gift-giver and a really thoughtful one. I'd like to think I am, too, but also because we're both competitive that way. Mm-hmm. Like, we both try to win Christmas, which is really not the spirit of the season, <laughs> but uh, she usually does, but it's close. It's close. I got some good stuff this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com VIEW. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One thing we didn't get to talk about on the show, the Golden Bachelor finale was last week. Woo. He proposed to Teresa Nist. What was your take on the show's ending?
0: Okay, so I was actually surprised. I was convinced he was going to choose Leslie. Yes. I really was. Um, the only time that I thought it started to to shift in Teresa's direction was th- I did feel like his family was a little more connected to her, and mm-hmm. and especially at his age, but with any relationship, how the family feels is one of the most important things. Um, I was happy, though. They seemed genuinely in love. I remember when Gary came on the show, it was because obviously the season had finished taping, came on our show, and he he said, like, he found the one. He found love again. I'm glad it went that way. My only thing that I kind of struggled with is—this has happened before on The Bachelor. It happened in Ben Higgins' season— he said, I love you to multiple people. Yeah, And Ben got a lot of criticism for that. But I kind of was even more surprised that Gary did because he's a little bit older and I think knows the weight of that word more. But if mm-hmm. you're listening, ABC, people who make decisions, I actually think <laughs> Leslie would be a great golden bachelorette.
1: Okay. So you, maybe
0: she makes a comeback in our lives. Do
1: you think they do a golden bachelorette? I can't tell.
0: I know. I can't tell either. I would love it. I think it would be fun. Although, I mean, the women were kind of the best That's part of the that thing, season. That's the thing.
1: And I just feel like, you know. Right.
0: Our old can old men carry old it men the way ca- the women yeah. did. I, I mean, I feel
1: like I feel like this Golden Bachelor was kind of a diamond in the rough, right. and I, wor- I worry about like a field of twenty five Golden Bachelors.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, why try to remake perfection? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see. Yes. But um, I, I've enjoyed it too, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the the quick I love yous is always kind of one of those things. Like, well, do you do you really?
0: Well, and I'm old fashioned in. I genuinely don't believe you can be truly in love with two people. Right. I think you can have super strong feelings. I think you'd be deeply infatuated with two people. You'd probably be deeply infatuated with a few people. Mm-hmm. I don't think like the love that you have in a marriage you could share with two people. Right. I know I'm young. Tell me I'm naive. But I, I really strongly feel that.
1: Who said I love you first? You were Justin?
0: He said it first. Okay. But I already knew I loved him. Okay. <laughs> so you were just waiting for it. It was waiting. All right.
1: Understandable. <laughs> Um, there was a story on Hot, in Hot Topics list today that we didn't get to because we spent a little extra time with uh, the press secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about Adam Driver, and maybe we'll do this tomorrow, but uh, let's let's get into it here. <laughs> he was being interviewed by CNN's Chris Wallace, and Chris told him that he didn't look like the typical movie star and wondered if that hurt or helped his career. Chris is taking some heat for this. What What did you think about it?
0: So Chris is a colleague, Chris Wallace is a colleague and I mean just an extraordinary journalist Absolutely. and somebody who I have like the highest level of respect for. So I preface all this, but I didn't love this question. Mm-hmm. Um I in and, and actually Chris Wallace cited a some new, a New Yorker piece about Adam Driver that went even further and then it where they called him like horse face. Um couple of things. First and foremost, I think Adam Driver's hot. Like I was on the Star <laughs> Wars ride in Disney World with our producer Molly Kessler, who also thinks he's a babe. And there's a part where Kylo Ren, like you think you're going to get kidnapped by mm-hmm. uh, by him. And we're both like, take me now, <laughs> Kylo Ren. Um, so I, I reject this notion that there's sort of this like unilateral one beauty standard. But I also think that we should have learned by now, like in our day and age, beauty standard standard shift and some of the most iconic actors of all time are people who don't fit into a box or like look like the definition of beautiful. Right. And I I mentioned this in the morning meeting, but there's this old clip that kind of went viral recently um, of Whoopi sitting down with Joan Rivers and um, Joan and she actually she didn't frame it as harshly as I felt like Chris did, but makes a comment to Whoopi like, well, you're not necessarily the, you know, the standard bearer for beauty. And Whoopi has this like. Just self love answer, which is like, well, I'm beautiful and I'm okay with it, and it's it just it just goes to show like if we all looked exact like if you look exactly the same for one you could just end up getting lost in the the right. competition of it or whatever. But also the the standards change. Um, we sh- I, I just I hate that we're ha- like this is still a thing in 2023.
1: I think one of the reasons this kind of caught people's attention is because it was talking a man. about men, yeah. yeah,
0: for once, but yeah, a
1: man talking to a man.
0: And I think that. Adam showed that he was, was bothered by it. He didn't mm-hmm. try to brush it off. I thought that was actually important and powerful because um, we've had more men kind of chiming in about how comments on their looks uh, or, you know, affect them. Taylor Lautner did the same thing too. Um, yeah, I think it's an ignorant perception that you have to look one cer- certain type of way to be like a movie star in Hollywood.
1: No, it's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. If we end up doing it on the show, this will be a nice preview, but yes. I, I think it was worth doing. Um, All right. Before we go, let's get our weekly dose of Bravo talk. America loves it. Our audience loves it. Tonight is a new episode of Winter House. And you're really into the storyline of how long you should wait after sleeping with someone to hit on someone else. (laughs) I don't watch this show. So tell me what's going on.
0: OK, I mean, this is just nuts. Um, there is a you will call them a situation ship in the house where they've been hooking up for the duration of this. I think it's like a six week ski trip that they're on. Um, but no you know, commitments made or anything. It's a platonic. We've had a bunch of drinks and whatever at the end of the night. Um, but the guy ends up going like 30 minutes after sleeping with Danielle starts hitting on one of the other housemates Mm -hmm. now i don't know if there's a rule for when you can (laughs) hit on someone else after having sex with someone but i know 30 minutes is too short (laughs) that much i know
1: yeah without leaving the house without leaving the
0: house but also like another thing i am old-fashioned on and science technically backs this up is i do think that women get emotionally attached when they have sex there's there's a few exceptions Whoopi likes to Whoopi know, notes run. that she is a yeah. hit and run, um, but more or less, a lot of women are going to feel some level of connection. It's also a respect thing. Um, like, if you're going to have that level of intimacy, then have the respect to not flaunt something in front of their face. Um, but yeah, this season's bringing drama, and I love it. Southern Charm's also bringing drama, and I'm loving it.
1: All right. So, what is the uh, what what is the waiting period in your mind?
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. So, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'm I not as prudish as Sunny, but um, I've... Few are. Few <laughs> are. I've, I've only slept with men I'm in a re- relationship with. So if they slept with someone else afterward, that's problematic on a whole number Fair. level yeah, of things. It's... So I haven't really asked myself this. But yeah, it's... I don't totally know the culture of, like, it's a casual thing, as right. well as some people do. But I mean, out of sight, you know, not within the friend circle, not with, you know, something that they're gonna have to see. That's kind of a... a baseline, I think, rule of who you're allowed to sleep with.
1: (laughs) Okay. one thing I wanted to mention is last week we had a conversation about Bravo and um, someone tweeted that you came out as bi on last week's podcast. And I I feel like I made a mistake by not following up on that. (laughs) And I was I was uh, people said to me, you really didn't follow up on that at all, Brian. And and I just wanted to revisit. Do you want to revisit that moment
0: last week? (laughs) Well, it was in the context of Kyle Richards and Morgan Wade, her friend on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills— who, like there's speculation that they're more than friends and i do see chemistry there but i'm gonna let it play out but i yeah i did say if for any reason my husband and i didn't work out i think i would date a woman and i stand by that but i'm told my husband i made the comment and he just kind of smiles and i'm like are you thinking about what woman it would be or are you honored that no man would compare to you because i think that's how we took a little it. bit of both a little bit of both yeah um
1: the comment i found was um uh, just like a heads up Alyssa low-key comes out as bi in this podcast episode, which, you know,
0: yeah. Um, But you know what? I (laughs) do—listen, it's a spectrum. I think everybody's got, like, you've— We're all on a spectrum. (laughs) More
1: power to you. I just wanted to, I I felt like I I missed a a moment to follow up in the last podcast. I feel like
0: in some senses, women would be easier to date. But uh, no, marriage for life to to my husband.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Well, on that note, thank you for joining me today, Alyssa. Thank you. Tomorrow, we have a special episode where I'll be joined by Sarah Haynes, an actor and comedian and View superfan, Matt Rogers. Thanks for listening.